0: Wow! Infographics with Nadia Koja. Let's do it! Welcome to the Rebel Growth Podcast. I am Borja Bezo, and every week I bring you step by step. Growth and only marketing strategies that you can actually implement in your business to see some results. It's my pleasure to have you here and let's start with another episode now. Hello there. Looking sharp? Are you ready to engage? Are you ready to grow? All right, enough of that. (laughs) Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Rebel Growth Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. You're going to like today's episode. And the way I know that is because a lot of people have been requesting about infographic, requesting information about how to use infographics to promote your websites, get backlinks, get social shares, all that pretty stuff. And that's what we have today. We have Nadia Koya from Bangage, a company that helps you create infographics, go figure, (laughs) and how they use that strategy to increase their traffic, revenue, and leads by by four hundred percent. We're gonna go through eight, an eight step process on how to use this strategy, which includes what content you should include in your infographic, what websites you should promote your infographic to, how to find them, how to pitch them, and all that. So without any further ado, let's jump right into our interview with Nadia. So Nadia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It's my pleasure. So, why don't you start by telling us a little about how it is that you came to work at Bangage, and then explain what Bangage is and what it does.
1: Sure. Um, I actually started about a year ago. Um, my undergrad is actually in theater, so I had no experience in marketing whatsoever. Um, and then I did my master's in digital media. So, started applying to, I guess, relevant places to work and got a call from Vengage. Uh, luckily, the office was really close to where I was going to school in Toronto, and uh, I was within walking distance, so it was just convenient. Um, so I did fall into the work, but I'm very grateful I did because it's I am I really enjoy it, and I'm
0: learning a lot, and it's just a really good environment to be in. Oh, great. And um, tell me about Vengage. What are you guys doing? Um,
1: right, so Vengage actually started, um, I think we're going into our fourth year now. Uh, And I've been here for about a year, like I said. Um, But when it started, the idea was actually to make it a social analytics platform, but that backfired. And then eventually it pivoted to become this infographic tool that it is now. Um, And even in the past year, like we've made a ton of changes. And before I started, there was no form of marketing whatsoever. um, uh, And the tool didn't have that many users. So... Right now, what our focus is, has been to like grow it and kind of expose Vengage as this great infographic tool, um, and, and it's been working.
0: <laughs> awesome. And how many users do you currently have?
1: Um, right now, we are just over 500,000 in our database. Users um, that actively
0: use a platform to create infographics. That's amazing.
1: 500,000 users. I want to say maybe like 200,000 active users. That's amazing. Um but when when I started, I think we had just under a hundred thousand users. So we've definitely grown a lot in the past year.
0: And uh, we'll get to the strategies that you use to grow the company so fast. what what's your pricing model? What's the pricing model of the company?
1: So we're a subscription based company. So it's twenty dollars, well, nineteen dollars a month, um, or it's fifteen dollars a month with the with the annual subscription. Um so it's not a very expensive tool it's pretty cheap. Um so we make most of our money from the monthly subscriptions.
0: That's the best type of, of business model in my to my eyes but yeah. it's not always easy to create um for whatever reasons. Yeah. Uh okay so you have a, you have about 500,000 active users you used to have less than 100,000. What are the strategy? What what do you tell me about the infographic strategy that you use that you guys used to grow the company?
1: Right. So like I said, when I started, I had no experience. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't even know what SEO was. And um, it was kind of a learning process for both of us. All I knew is we needed to get links and we needed to do it in a way that wasn't, I guess, following the rules of black hat SEO. We needed to do it properly using content. So our team strategized and we talked about how we could eat our own dog food and actually use our own tool to create tons of infographics um, and get those infographics exposed on multiple sites. So we were looking initially at using infographics for SEO and for referral traffic. So what we did is we started reaching out at first to people who were writing about infographics and just like asking them if they would like write an article with men gauge, but that didn't work out as well. Not too many people got back to us with that. So we changed it to targeting anyone who was writing about marketing, whether it was content marketing emails pretty much anything and just asking them if they wanted a free infographic and we mainly targeted high domain authority sites. So anyone with like a 50 plus domain authority and we just asked them, Hey, look, we found this article that you wrote. We think it's great and we think it would be a great infographic. We'll make it for free. And I was like, it was hard for people to <laughs> ignore that offer because who can turn down free content? Right. Um, so it worked. It worked really well. And then we had um a designer on the team who was doing them. And because the tool is so easy to use, it took him like about maybe an hour per infographic. So it, it the cost for us was also pretty low because the cost of hiring our in-house designer and getting to do these infographics is less than like hiring a team or or um spending too much time using like a harder software uh, like Adobe Illustrator or Photoshop right so, yeah, so it worked out it worked out pretty well, and then we just we scaled that way
0: and how how does it work how How does the tool work
1: so it's it's like a drag and drop. I like to call it a drag and drop photoshop mm-hmm. um, so you have a bunch of widgets on the side um, there's like different icons you can choose from different charts that you can pull in and then you just drag it into your canvas um resize, change the colors, do whatever you want, and you have your infographic, but we also have templates that were made on the tool by our designers, so if you have absolutely no design sense of design, you can use a template and just kind of change the colors, change the text around to fit whatever it is that your content is.
0: Now, you mentioned uh, you were selecting the websites that you were, were going to reach out to, yeah. to promote your infographic and uh, you mentioned that you selected those websites based on their domain age and domain authority, right? Over 50, you said?
1: Um, over Well, we were aiming for over 50 if if we could find them oh. and if they were willing to, but typically we aim for under like 80, so it was between 50 and 80, just because we were still new at it. Um, higher domain sites were much less likely to, <laughs> accept our proposal because they probably have their own in-house team. So we aimed for like still the independent blogs, the independent websites, um, nothing like Wired or Fast Company which is what we're targeting now okay. but we aimed for like those little startups that were more, more likely to help us out.
0: And what tool were you using to determine that domain authority?
1: Um, so initially we started with using Moz, um, we would use the fresh web explorer and just kind of track down certain keywords and then filter out the, the lesser domains and the higher domains and just target like the, the nice ones in the middle that kind of fit everything. But so we'd have to do a lot of filtering out manual filtering out. Um, and then we just contacted a bunch of people from that list and based on the content that we we accumulated. Um, but now we're using we use more Buzzsumo to do our content research just because I feel like it's a bit more targeted and more specific it's not you don't get as much random content in the middle
0: okay uh, I, also, I also use both of those tools and some other tools uh, for similar similar results now okay how, how do you determine how to create the infographic what you want to create the infographic about Oh, um,
1: at at the beginning, it was basically anyone that was willing to give us a link or to let us create an infographic, we would find a way to make that content work, Mm -hmm. Um, but usually like I would look at at blog posts that were list-based posts, like top ten reasons to do X or um, five tools that are good for whatever, and it was just easier to kind of translate that into an infographic because it's already set up for you. But say they had their own, sometimes they would have their own research, so they would be, I would suggest a blog post that I thought would be a good infographic, um, but then they would have their own data that they were working on, they'd be like, actually, let's make like a new post, and then I'll publish it here, here, and here. So sometimes it worked out where they would publish it to multiple sites for us, and like get us those backlinks, which in turn boosted our SEO a lot.
0: And how did you find... The contact information. Do you use any special tools for finding contact information you know, to um, those people that you wanted to get your your infographic to?
1: I I like to use Reportive. Uh, I feel like it's not as invasive as like using um, some other means, uh, just because you can type in the email, and if they're on Reportive, like syncs up your your LinkedIn contact with Gmail, so you can see. Um, what their email is based off of what they're using on LinkedIn. And I feel like if your email is on LinkedIn, it means you kind of want to be contacted. Right. <laughs> and it's not as invasive as me just like hunting down your
0: Reported.com. Is that reported.com?
1: Yeah, it's just a Chrome extension. So you just add it to your email and then um, you type it in and it syncs to LinkedIn. So I felt like that was the best method and that's what we usually use. Um, but it takes some playing around to kind of guesstimate what the email is is. But most of the time like the people we reached out to had their emails on on their blog, so it was not too hard to
0: to get in touch. Wonderful. Okay, so you find the sites that you want to link out to. You find the information and you and you email them. You determine the topic. Now what's next?
1: Um so once we've gotten so once we've I guess compiled our list of people that we we want to outreach to, it's all about the pitch like the initial pitch um and how you phrase what you want from them Mm -hmm. again with an infographic that you're giving away for free it's it's like how can you resist something that's free content all we're asking for is a link which is like nothing in exchange for that kind of content people spend up to five thousand dollars on one infographic um so it's worth it for them but i found that the most interesting thing was people were really skeptical and they thought we were trying to sell them something when we had to actually convince them that no we're we're just trying to give you a free infographic. so um, I had to phrase it in a way where I said like hey like I'm just reaching out introduce myself um, and very specifically say I'm not trying to sell you anything I really just want to create an infographic and and all i want in return is some credit back to our company and uh and when you say it really clearly and honestly i feel like it got a, a much better response so i would just recommend just being straight up and honest and not trying to beat around the bush and try to sell someone something under the table
0: now do you have any do you usually create any kind of connection with the people that you're going to reach out to via email before you you make the pitch, or do you just cold email them? You know, find information, cold email them.
1: Um, it depends on the the type of outreach I'm doing. Um, with with some people, you can kind of read by like by the way they write, and just by the like the place they work out. I find that people who are usually at smaller startups are much more willing to, to work with you because they're kind of in the same boat. Um, some of the bigger companies, like corporates, corporate companies that are just already established and have more than 100 people working, they're harder to to get in touch with. Um, with the infographic thing, I mainly cold emailed because it just, it was easier, but I did have, like, an introduction. However, when I'm doing outreach for some... Content that I have on, like on our blog, that I just want somebody to share. I typically try to start warming them up first, introducing myself, um, and asking them if there's anything they want to share with me, or and kind of reciprocating the uh, the ask, so that there's a relationship that's formed, and it's not so much of me just asking you for favors. There's like a way I can help you out as well. So I think it's all like, I mean, the intention is always to establish a relationship so that it's an ongoing connection and you can kind of keep going back to that person and, and you can both help each other out
0: okay and um, what about bloggers Is do you approach them the same way as small startups
1: yep yeah, pretty much um, bloggers it <laughs> depending on the type of blogger some of them some of them like solopreneur bloggers that have run their own business through their blog are I mean not to not to sound rude but they kind of have like the, they place themselves up on a pedestal sometimes and mm-hmm. consider themselves really important so you have to warm them up a bit better and really um, complement their writing style or their work and I find that by doing that they're more receptive so yeah just like kind of warm them up by complimenting them and actually read some of the content that's on their blog so that you have something to talk to them about don't just introduce yourself and be like hey i wrote this thing like do you want to share it or do you want me to create this content for you actually like show them that you did a bit of research
0: always be be genuine, genuine with your compliments definitely yeah yeah exactly so how does a pitch would sound like um I guess you have a template.
1: Um. I, I can walk you through a bit of a pitch that I've done in the past. I would love that. Um, so usually with the this, let's start with the subject line. Mm-hmm. And the subject line, I feel, has to be really direct. Like I said, don't try to be too salesy. Um, just try to get to the point and tell people what it is you're doing. Like if I'm creating an infographic for you, My subject line is just going to be, I want to make an infographic for you for free. (laughs) Um, And then when you open the email, just say hi, like introduce yourself, um, tell them who you are, and then point out an article that you've read on their blog or on their site and just mention something that you found interesting about it. Um, And then kind of jump into why you want to create like this infographic for it because how it will benefit how will it benefit you, and how will it benefit them mutually? And show why it's useful for both of you. And kind of end with um, end with the fact that you want to hear back from them. And try to keep the the email relatively short, um, not more than five sentences. I would say.
0: Yeah, I definitely don't read long emails. Whenever I get this type of of emails from people, uh, it's not that I want to be mean. It's just that if you don't get to the point point on the first paragraph i just there's a lot of things that i have to do there's a lot of emails <laughs> that i have to read you know yeah um i'm a very receptive person i contribute a lot but you need to get to the point in the first email i'm not a hard pitch um and a lot of people are are like that as well
1: yeah um, um no i'm the same way like if it doesn't it doesn't take a lot of effort to get me to respond to you but a lot of the time, I get such bad pitches that there's clearly no research or effort put in, and some people don't even reread their emails to check for a spelling mistakes. So mm-hmm. yeah. that's like a that's a big turn off, and I'm not likely to respond.
0: Also, if you're experiencing lower, uh, that's a tip that that, uh, that I'm just giving away to people. Something that I found very useful. Um, I was had. At a point, doing a similar strategy, I was experiencing a low conversion rate from the emails that I was sending out. So I decided to keep away any links from the email. Oh, um, yeah. And just ask if they wanted to see, you know, to, to hear more about it or or whatever. You know, just just ask and wait mm-hmm. for them to respond. And if they don't respond, just follow up. Um yeah, definitely consider doing that. Yeah, what's a typical it, conversion rate that you see from from your reach out?
1: Um, with the inf- with the infographic outreach, it was a really high conversion rate. Um, it was probably like thirty or forty percent of people that actually wanted us to create the infographic for them, and I'd say about eighty percent actually responded to the email. Um, but. With other, but that that was easy because we're just giving you free content, right? Um, but when you're asking them for a favor, that's more, I guess less beneficial to them. Um, it takes me it takes me about two follow up emails to get through to some people, but I do follow up and I recommend following up like not just once. Like don't like annoy them so much, but at most send two follow up emails, and and I feel like that really increases their chances of getting back to you. Because Sometimes it just goes to their spam box or um or they're too busy and it got lost in their email. So, I mean, I always appreciate a follow-up as well.
0: And how how do you craft the follow-up? What does it um, sound like?
1: Oh, one sentence. I'm just like, "Did you get that? I I sent it in within the same within the same subject line." Um and I just replied to the initial email they sent and I said, "Hey, like just wanted to follow up and see if you had a chance to take a look at whatever it is I was sending them. And, and that's it. And just, just say, like, I pre- I understand you're busy, but, like, I'd appreciate if you could get back to me so I know whether to, like, keep following up. And usually after that, they, they get back to me apologizing.
0: Okay, so so let's say you follow up. They say yes. You're ready to create the infographic. You mentioned it takes you about an hour to create an infographic with, using your platform?
1: Yeah, like, depend. I mean, it all depends on how... Difficult the infographic is to make, but for a lot of them, you can create a relatively decent infographic in an hour.
0: Uh, okay. What are some tips that you can provide to people to, when creating an infographic? Maybe about finding the actually finding the content that you want to include, images. Um. Yeah.
1: So, with say, let's focus on the idea that if you're transforming an existing blog post and you're trying to repurpose that as an infographic. Um, Typically, I try to, I'd say, limit the amount of actual words that you use. Like, don't try and fill too much text into the infographic. Again, like, the infographic isn't meant to portray or depict all of the information. It's meant to kind of summarize an idea or a topic. Um, that way, when you create the infographic, like, you have add some type of call to action or link at the bottom where, where it directs them back to your site or to your blog where you have the full article. Um, so definitely try to keep the text to a minimum. Use a catchy title, like a big catchy title is really important if you, if you want to get their attention right off the bat. Um, and I would say typically the images and the icons you use should be a metaphor for whatever the text is. Um, a lot of people use really literal Um, widgets and icons, but I like using metaphors. That's just like a personal preference. Um, And then at least with our tool, so try to be creative with how you use different shapes. So by that, I mean, like you can create different, um, different layouts and shapes by just using like a square and a square icon and how you shape that icon and like position it to create, different types of negative space or depth or um, perspective using the position of your icons and the size of them. So that's just like a design tip.
0: So, okay, you create the infographic, now you're ready to send it to the person who's gonna publish it for you. How do you, I mean, how do you get that link? Is it embedded embedded into the infographic itself or do you kind of create an introduction?
1: Um, I usually send them an embed code. I send them two embed codes. So we have on Vengage, we have a live embed, which directs people back to, to like it, it, ho- it's hosted on our site. So if if people embed the code, it the link is already in that embed code. Um, so usually I try to push them towards that. But if they want the image, um, I'll download the image, re-upload it onto our onto our server or. Um, or just host it somewhere and then send them an, a new embed link but um, usually I tell them straight up that I'm putting a link in there because it's kind of rude to just hide the link in there and then mm-hmm. they publish it and then they weren't expecting you to have a link. Um, I, I tell them that it's in the embed code already. All they have to do is copy and paste.
0: Now the, is, is the link yeah. like the image itself or he- or is No, it...
1: I put a text link at the bottom.
0: Okay. Okay. So it is, the whole thing is actual code. It's not yeah. an image. It's not a huge image. No, oh. I send them the code. And, uh, Ben-Gage, the platform creates a code for you. I imagine after yeah. you go through the drag and drop and, you know, put in the, li- the tags and images everywhere. You, I guess you hit create or something and then you get the code. Is that how yeah. it works?
1: Exactly. There's a, once you publish your infographic, it, there's an embed code at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you just wanted to add any other links, you just add, um, an a ref tag to the bottom and then do your thing.
0: Oh, wonderful. Well, um, there were a couple of times where I used this, these strategy, but I didn't provide an embed code, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't provide a whole you know, coded infographic. It was like a, just a huge image and I still wanted the link. What I did in case you guys listening right now um, are faced with this situation. What I did was I offered to create a unique uh, introduction for the infographic. Right. It, that way you can repurpose that infographic for other bloggers as well. Yeah. Exactly. Um, the same, the same work that you already did. You can just make, have it published on several different blogs or, or websites and The way that you achieve that is by providing unique introductions and yeah. have a link in that introduction, and as well make sure you tell you tell you know tell the person that you have a link. Uh, especially if you're in the B two B space. In other spaces, people don't really care about links or not links. They don't know a lot about it.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: you, I mean, you as an individual who knows what can come from links, you sh- should still tell them about that hey there's a link on it it's beneficial to me for this and this reason if you want to do it i would advise that you do that way uh the person that had probably had knows nothing about seo will will be really thankful to you about that and yeah. you'll probably have a long conversation after that after that with that person who is now going to be interesting the whole seo subject and well it goes on and on you know it's a great yeah. way for being in relationships um okay so what else you get link and you have it published then any extra things that you do
1: um so once we once we get it i usually like re um reinforce the fact that i'll share the content once they have the link up so i tell them like hey just let me know when it's published and then when you do like we'll share it with our followers um to get you a little bit of extra promotion, and then I think that's usually the point where they're like, okay, so I better publish this soon. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes people don't forget to publish it, and you have to follow up again and be like, hey, did you publish it? Um, So sometimes it takes another follow-up to kind of push them to actually put it on the blog.
0: Right. Well, in a a way, it's kind of similar to what I do with my episodes. Everyone knows that every now and then I do contests in my episodes, ...to benefit the listener, to benefit the guests, and to benefit myself. Um, and it's, it's, it's a pretty similar strategy. I'm, I'm trying to get people to my guest websites in order to later uh, be able to ter- tell future potential guests... ...that I'm going to do that strategy for them and get people to their websites if they come to my, my podcast. And uh, in order to actually get them to publish you know, the contest. I say, hey, I'm going to promote it here, here, and here... ...for some extra exposure. And that always helps, right? Um, any any other things that you want to cover that we maybe forgot mention?
1: Um, I guess like just going back to uh, strengthening these relationships that you create with different people. Um, I like to. I so what I do is I like to keep track of every person I've ever reached out to. Um, the one, specifically the ones that have contacted me back and have actually helped and I keep them like in a special folder where anytime I have like new interesting content I can actually individually reach out to all of these people and say hey um, here's some content that I thought might be useful to you and that way it's a good way to build a network of people you can share your your work with but also once again, always offer to share stuff for them. Like don't ignore people when they email you back, kind of return the favor because I feel like sometimes, um, sometimes people will ask me for a favor. And then when I ask them for something, they don't always jump to the opportunity. So if you're gonna ask people to do something, I would suggest always be willing to return the favor for them.
0: Awesome. Well, Nadia, thank you so much for everything you just shared with us. Um, any place you want to send people to, to stay connected with you guys?
1: Um, yeah, just like if, if anyone wants to check out the Gage blog, I mean, I always write, I usually write a weekly or month biweekly article, um, about different strategies that we test. So we like experiment a lot in whatever works I write about. (laughs) So check out our blog.
0: Wonderful. Once again, Nadia, thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate it. Great.
1: Thanks so much.
0: Okay, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Nadia and understood this infographic strategy. If you didn't, feel free to email me at borja at rebelgrowth.com. Leave a comment and everything mentioned in this episode is going to be right there, including the eight steps that we specified through this interview. Once again, thank you so much for being here. Until next week, guys. Go out, implement, and keep on growing.